The Insurance Brokers Podcast is brought to you by Boston Tullis. Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Myerskoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth, and discover a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Good morning, Gary. Thank you for joining me today on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. I'm quite excited to have you here because we've podcasted before, which is always enjoyable, but you're in a new role, new stamps to be made, uh, new direction. Do you want to uh, tell us a bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. Morning, Sarah. Great to uh, great to be back. Always a good sign if you're invited back somewhere, isn't it? Especially something <laughs> like this, so must be good. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I joined Kingsbridge Insurance Brokers, hence the, the logo behind me. Um, a couple of months ago now, it's uh, it's really flown uh, really flown by, which has been you know really really great and exciting. And um, we've been talking with these guys for a little bit of time, and it just felt like a fantastic opportunity. Kingsbridge is is a great business, well established in in, in the UK market. Kingsbridge Insurance Brokers, which is the bit that I'm the the MD of, um, has been going now for twenty odd years set up on the back of a lot of corporate clients a number of years ago and, and actually we still look after most of those clients which is which is great and it sort of shows the the, the value and stamp that we put on service um as, as a business we've still got a lot of staff that have been here a number of, uh, of years as well and but the business has grown much wider with with the kingsbridge group in in the uk so kingsbridge contractor insurance which is our our sister company has, has exploded over the last few years in terms of growth and, and development in in their space where they operate um, and also we've got Dinghy as part of the family in the UK as well, which is a very unique uh, online platform that brings great technology into the group, which we can we can use and, uh, and get out there for to help our business as well. And I think I said to you um, before, you know, last year the business was acquired um, by NSM Group over in, in the US, which is, I think, you know, the real positive around that is that um, we've been acquired by an insurance business um, from the US, not, not you know, not that there's anything wrong with, with private equity money flowing in the markets, it does in a lot of other places, but from my personal perspective, I wanted to be part of a business that, that wanted to be around for the long term and keep its identity and grow that identity out rather than you know, building it for, for different reasons. So I think that's what I'm really interested in to chat around today because the dynamics within, as you said, King, Kingsbridge, you've got Kingsbridge Insurance Brokers, you've got KCI, the contractor's part, uh, NSM, like you've just said, I think that's a family-owned business, is it? It's, it's a family-run business, yeah. It's still the, the same guy who's been there, um, at the head of, uh, of that business for, for quite some time. Um, which, which is which incredible. Is great. It's got a really nice family feel. It's very dynamic uh, in terms of the way that they they operate. And, um, yeah, it, you know, obviously it'd be great when we can all sort of meet up again and, and, and get, you know, those guys are over here all the time and we'd be back over states to, to see them as well and we'll, we'll get that back uh, you know this this year hopefully um but very much so it's that kind of feel you know it really is a family kind of uh, feel in the organization which is tremendous there's quite a lot of um different moving parts to the group which is what mm -hmm. i think is quite interesting and i was on a, um, a webinar yesterday with uh, reuters uh, the future of the insurance and AI, ai technology um and Insure tech is a buzzword and it's been around for a long time and there was a time where blockchain was, you know, the next big thing, uh, real-time databases, um, being more slick in your processes. 
and it's been talked about for a long time. But I think over the last 12, 18 months, we are starting to see some explosions in that market. Mm-hmm. And I've done a couple of podcasts with um, with tech-orientated, process-driven uh, uh, work. Can you tell me a bit about Dinghy? Because I think that's quite an interesting uh, a product that you're, you're working on there. Yeah, well, I mean, Dinghy is it's, it's a business that's all right. It's still relatively um, young as, as a as a business, but the technology was something that was you know tremendously attractive to, to our UK business, but also in, in the US. So Dinghy joined the uh, the Kingsbridge family uh, a little while ago, and, and when that the technology um, that, that it uses is their own technology, which I think is, is really, really important um, as well. So we're not sort of going outside of a group and we want to make innovative um, changes and development. So that technology has been taken already from the UK business and replicated and used in a, in a slightly different way out in the US already. So there's a real growth area for, for them. But actually within the, the Kingsbridge insurance broker business, which is, you know, I'd say a more traditional corporate uh, broking uh, environment, we've got We've got schemes and, and innovative sort of products and uh, DAs and the way we get to market in, in, in some places a little bit different to that traditional way. But we've also got a very traditional insurance business in there as, as well. And, you know, I'm speaking to, to Rob Hartley that, that heads up the, uh, the dinghy business as, as MD, but it's also our group chief underwriting officer in, in the UK to look at how we can deploy that dinghy technology on our DAs, on our schemes that, that we have current and new. And um, so we can find different distribution channels for, for those. So I think... You know, for us, that that's that's the area. That's that's the sort of the way that we, we want to push the business forward on that part and the non sort of uh, corporate part of, of, of our business is really to to go down that path of, of having technology and being able to utilise our own good quality technology and being able to deploy things quickly and innovatively into different distribution channels. Because you know, to grow, I think we don't just want to grow in, in one specific area. We want to look at what those, those those different opportunities are, both retail, wholesale, and, and across the piece, really. So having that in, in group, um, and it's I think the, the key to it is is about seeing an opportunity or having been sat on an opportunity almost and been able to deploy that really really quickly. Um, that really does give us the edge over uh, over others out there. So I think a fantastic acquisition to the group in terms of the business in its own right, but also what it will bring to to the KCI business and, and the the Kingsbridge Insurance Brokers family. And that's got to, I suppose, be be one of the elements of your stamp in your kind of new role. And I know we've had um, conversations about taking one of your specialisms and, and looking at a sort of a 360-degree view of, of all distribution uh, opportunities, different market segmentation, and Dinghy will play quite an important role in that, won't it? It will, it will. Um, but as will, the, as will the other areas, you know, more traditional uh, growth as, as, as well. So I think it's, you know, it's hugely important in the marketplace now to, to be innovative and niche and, and, you know, stick to the things that you're going to grow in areas that, that you know, you're very familiar with. And, and actually a lot of the, the, the specialisms and niche areas for us, we've had now for 20 odd years, as I say, you know, so we, we're absolutely embedded in, in utilities. We've got renewables, we've got quarries, we've got... Um, all sorts of different areas that, that we you know we, we focus on as a business, and it's, it's how do you how do you grow those out? And again, using technology is going to be be one way of, of doing that. Looking at, at different routes to market um, is hugely important. So yeah, absolutely, it's it's a it's a great tool to have. Um, we've just got to make sure we get to the front of the queue in terms of using it because everybody wants to get in there and, and use that technology, which is which is fine, which is why it was brought into the group. Mm. I tell you what I'm quite interested in. Just in the last month, I've had 
uh, as you'd imagine, several conversations. One of the conversations was with um, Ecclesiastical, and they're doing a lot of um, research around this generalist specialist idea um, and looking at why uh, specialisms can be a great opportunity. Um, I was doing uh, the, the the transcript and, and writing some content pieces out of uh, a podcast for a client. And that in that particular podcast, the uh, podcastee was saying that they'd looked at this generalist versus specialist idea and they'd made the conscious decision that generalist was better and that COVID had actually validated that decision uh, based on the fact that hospitality may have been an area that they would have niched in. So it, there's, there's so many different views around this. What's yours? So I think that's a good question. I think when, when you look at, at generalism versus, versus specialisms, I think there's, there's, there's an argument um, for generalist business without a doubt. I think you know, there are brokers that, that play in that space and do a very, very good job of, of servicing the local community. And I think that in itself is, is almost a specialism, being a community broker and then looking after local local clients, understanding the local community and the local marketplace and, and the nuances of, of that. And that's great. And, you know, we're very proud as a business to have a lot of clients in, in the northwest for our Liverpool business, but also in, you know, in more towards the southwest with our, our Tewkesbury-based um, businesses as well. So we do, to some extent, serve the local community in that way. But I think, for me, specialisms and, and niche is absolutely key to, to, to growing your business, to having a plan, to having a, a roadmap, because, you know, how do you how do you build a strategy around we want to just grow locally you know it's, it's only so many doors you can knock on you, you you know at the end of the day you're waiting for for businesses to appear or, or you know other local brokers maybe to, 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 to drop the ball that kind of thing so i think that the generalist uh, so the specialist um, view for me is, is massively important and i think the one thing that, that COVID has taught us is perhaps just not to to specialize in one area because that's the, that's the real danger and then um, if you specialise in one area, you know, we wouldn't have expected to see what we've seen in the last 12 months in terms of COVID. Nobody saw that, that coming. Nobody saw, you know, the impact on the leisure industry and the travel industry and, and, and those areas. And I think it's such a shame when you see, you know, great businesses, insurers and brokers that are so well knitted to those to those markets and communities really struggling. Um, it, it's it's sad. It's, it's disappointing. They perhaps had to innovate a bit more, which actually has created a bit more, um, you know, either generalist business because the need or, or different specialisms but for me it's around not having all your eggs in one basket so be specialist be good at what you do be focused on what you do build your build your brand in those areas build your your reputation build your relationships and i think that the tough thing about specialist niche business is it doesn't happen overnight you know you might be looking after bringing a you know an individual or a team into your business that's got real strengths in those areas that you can get knitted into into different areas really, really quickly. But without doing that, it's really tough. And I think you've just got to see it out for the for the long term. You know, the businesses that I've worked in have been specialists in certain sectors for, you know, tens and tens of years in some cases, you know, not not just one or two. So tough to call yourself a specialist too early on. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a good debate to have. My view personally is, is you have to have a niche to have a very clear roadmap and, and know where you want to go as an organization. And then you sort of, you know, you recruit against that, you market against that, all the things that you put into your business, you do against the roadmap that you've got rather than along the way bringing people in and kind of hoping that you get there. Rifle, not a shotgun. Yeah, good point. Yeah. We, um, I did a podcast with uh, Brendan McManus and he said, and I love this quote, um, he calls his business plans a work of fiction. <laughs> uh, and sort of when he rolls them out to the, the exec, 
the work of fiction and then the process is what takes the fiction to fact and all of those little stepping stones that you need to take from A to B to get there. And I remember sitting, um, the first time I ever met um, Peter Cullum, he, he did a little diagram for me and he put like A, B, step, 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 step. It was in context of a wider conversation, but it was just, it was just having that sort of focus, I suppose, the roadmap, I'm here and I want to be here. And that is much easier to do when you've got a, a niche focus. Yeah. Um, uh, I suspect. So no, I think that's really, really interesting. I couldn't so, agree more. I've, I've worked in a Brendan McManus business, and I know about those works of fiction. And it's yeah, it's it's fascinating, um, really, to do. But you're absolutely right. I think I totally agree. And you know, who am I to question people like Brendan and, and Peter on you know what they've they've done in the industry? So yeah, absolutely. You've got to have you've got to have a focus, whatever that focus might be. For me, you've, you've got to have a, a focus to create a clear plan. And like you say, that's that's probably a, a lot of different steps to get you to whatever that end goal is. But yeah, specialist for me is, um, is, is really important. How many plans do you have? So I've spoken to lots of people that have their one-year plan, their three-year plan, their five-year plan, their 10-year plan. I even spoke to somebody that had a thousand-year plan for succession <laughs> of business, uh, uh, et cetera, which blew my mind slightly, but he's a billionaire, so who am I to speak? Well, um, what, what, how do you do it? That's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So when... Um, yeah, I, I, I have a plan. I have, I have a clear plan, but I think what you've, you've got to you've got to think about. So in, again, in joining a business like Kingsbridge that's got really, really solid foundations, is so deeply rooted in, in the industries that, that, that we operate and we trade in, and also in the um, you know in, in, in the niches and, and the communities that we that we operate in as well, which is which is great. But we've got a plan for for growth. You know, NSM wouldn't have hired me. Um, Kingsbridge wouldn't have hired me without you know wanting some. Some growth and, and, and movement forward. So there's a there's a clear plan around around getting there. But I think the, the point of that is, you know, I look ahead almost in steps of six months, twelve months, eighteen months, and then the sort of three to five year um, view. But you also, you, you know, you have to be fluid along along the way. So you have to think about turning left and turning right slightly because I think if you're so rigid in, in your plans and you're going to miss opportunities and you miss opportunities, then you might be patting yourself on the back for having grown by 10% in two, three years time, you've had an opportunity to bring in potential acquisition along the way or a team or whatever that might be, or miss a, an area of, you know, a, a new sort of client area and um, to jump into. And you've, you know, you've potentially missed a chance to double in, in size or, or more. So I think whatever plans you have, you've got to be very, very clear about you know, your goals and what you want to achieve, but you've also got to be smart enough to, to jump onto opportunities along the way. And that's, again, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, it's the Kingsbridge NSM show that today, because I'm, you know, I'm new into this business and, and you know, it's tremendously part of this, this organisation. The one thing that really appealed to me around it was exactly that, that, that view. If you look at the NSM journey and where they've sort of gone over the few years of you know, acquiring business along the way and, and changing and tweaking its, it's sort of its thought process. We've done the same in the UK with the Kingfisher business, which is sort of sits alongside us and, and our own organisation. I mean, in a pandemic um, last year with all the challenges going on and, you know, having just been acquired by NSM, the, the first thing they allowed James, my CEO, to do was acquire another business. And it's, you know, wow, that's, you know, not a lot of people think about that last year, but it was, it's an opportunity to do something. You have to look at the landscape, think about the challenges that, that you've got out there. But actually, if that makes strategic sense to do it, you've got to jump on those opportunities as well. So, yeah, I plan, and I think it's really important to have a, a roadmap to bring people along. I think it's hugely important that your teams 
are a part of that roadmap as well. Everybody knows where you want to be as an organization, what your personal ambitions and, and, and growth targets are for, for the business. And I think, you know, you bring people along with you, but again, like I say, you've got to be nimble enough to be able to turn left and right occasionally. I think, um, I think fluidity, in fact, I'm going to use the word nimbility, which was a, <laughs> a term coined in a podcast I did with Alistair Roberts. Uh, months ago now but it's stuck so the nimbility of uh, to be able to pick up opportunities as they arrive along the way you should always reflect back on the overall strategic aim I think Um, and that's why having the roadmap is with sort of a core objective that heads it up is the top so the objective is growth does this decision make sense to that even if it doesn't follow the steps quite precisely does this decision make sense to that and 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 it's quite it's quite easy to get lost in the layers yeah. rather than just the core fundamentals so just jumping back to 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 kingsbridge you guys have quite um ambitious growth aims in some specific sectors uh, i'm talking about Kim, kingsbridge insurance brokers specifically yeah. at the moment and you're looking at multiple uh distribution methods and it's very exciting and that's specifically around organic growth new business but you're also looking at um at acquisitions do you want to tell us a little bit about what your roadmap or, or your sort of strategic objective in that respect is and why it would benefit somebody to consider kingsbridge as a as a as an opportunity okay um oh, a chance to pitch to people here now like chance this. to pitch i always <laughs> give you a chance to pitch <laughs> so, no, very good um but i think the 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 roadmap again just going back to, to what i said it's early days for, for me but i've had numerous conversations you know as a joining and in this business uh, around acquisition opportunities and bringing acquisition opportunities in and actually we've got a live discussion going on right now about opportunities um simply because you know there's opportunities will will present themselves and that's um yeah i, th- I think you've just got to be ready sometimes for, for things that almost you, you don't expect so you know what we're talking about right now isn't necessarily something that would fit into that that end game that we've uh, you know the, the roadmap as, it, as it's laid out, but it's it's something that you know would add a tremendous amount of value potentially to, to our group. So we look at we look at those kind of things. You know, acquisition is going to be huge for us. We've, we've got to you know to hit the sort of aims that, that we have for an organisation. We've got to look at acquisitions along the way. You know, bringing in people, bringing in teams is, is great. Single digit growth and whatever else that's fantastic, but that's not going to get us to where we. To, to where we need to, to be. So I think, you know, a lot of it will be organic through distribution channels that we change and, and we tweak, looking at our existing um, products, our existing DAs, our existing portfolio. But um, yeah, there will definitely be a lot of activity. And in terms of, of why, uh, why Kingsbridge, for the same reason really that, that, that I joined um, the business is, is Kingsbridge Insurance Brokers and the Kingsbridge Group, you know, by, by NSM, it's a different vehicle to the number of those out there right now. And again, far be it for me to, to critique and criticize other models um, but you know we all know there's a lot of models out there right now that are paying top dollar people coming into those organizations and knowing full well that in the next two three four five years you don't know who your bosses are going to be you don't know what the direction of the business is going to be you don't know what its ambitions are you know they've got they've got different cost models and everything else ours is is a business owned by an insurance business that's got deep pockets that, that want to, to to grow its uk um, organization and, and they know that along the way they're going to have to bring good people in and the thing about um, the NSM ownership is they let the teams get on with it as, as well and I can only talk for the last couple of months we're talking to the, the rest of the exco here in, in, in the group 
Um, we're allowed to get on with it. You know, there's expectations, there's goals, we've got numbers to, to achieve, but actually they want innovation. They want insurance people to run insurance businesses. And if it's already succeeding, why would you buy a failed business, right? But if it's a successful business, um, why on earth would you want to make too many changes to, to that? So you give them support, you give them guidance, you give them potentially, you know, access to wider distribution or different technology print, you know, potentially, which again is something we look at in, in the group. But actually it's, it's, it's around um, bringing in the right kind of people, the right kind of skills to be able to grow our business even further. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to suppress those individuals and, and you know, that innovation and that skill, it'd, it'd be crazy to do so. It's quite exciting times, I think, for the market. I think um, challenge opportunity, um, you know, depending on your perception. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of uh, changes. There's a lot of um, sort of thoughts going into the future of insurance. And I think it's quite an exciting time to be, um, to be in it. I was talking to somebody um, uh, earlier today uh, about a, a new MGA that's, that's popping up and, and done in a slightly different way. And I can't give too much away, but it's so exciting the way the changes are being made. But I think something you've just said there about um, support uh, is quite critical. One of the things that, again, has come up through some of the podcasts I've been doing and developing for clients is this need for smaller insurance brokers, the independent insurance broker, to develop their own community, their own voice, because um, that support within that group of brokers is, is quite critical at the moment when you look at some of the bigger players and some of the sort of big chessboard pieces that are being moved. What do you think about that? Uh, this is a debate that's raged on for, for years, right? This is a debate that's raged on since, you know, the, we all saw the early days of the, the old Towergate model and the consolidated models and, and people acquired. I don't think anything's really changed dramatically for, for me in, in the last 20 years. I mean, I've been working in for 25 years and, and, and most of that, you know, have been bigger companies buying other companies. And, and you know, you what you see is is, is you know, those companies come in and you know some people stay in that environment and some people drop out of that environment and it starts again the cycle starts again people set up new businesses and whatever else so i've got a clear voice so i i i don't know i don't i don't think i think the industry is is you know cyclical and we're in the sort of space again that we were in a few years ago yes we've got a you know, small amount of a global pandemic that obviously sort of shapes things a little bit as uh, as, as well but i think there's plenty of, of of arenas for voice, I think you know there's all networks and things out there. There's, there's things that we do through Bieber and, and whatever else. So I, I don't feel that you know whether you work for a smaller and independent broker or a larger one that there's that there's there's not an opportunity to, to have a voice. To be fair, I think the, the industry is pretty good at, at that, and I think those that that need a platform have, have got them. Um, but you know it's it, like I say, it just doesn't feel a great deal different to what it felt like sort of 10, 15 years ago to me in that, you know, we've just got different names in there that, that are doing the, the acquiring right now. Let me, let me, let me broaden the question. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I was having a conversation with my um, co-director, David, about this, was this competition over collaboration. Mm -hmm. And if you go back 20, 30, 40 years, competition was the forerunner. And I think, and I'm not just talking about the insurance industry, I'm talking, you know, much wider. There's a much stronger feeling of collaboration that's 
coming now. So I've had several conversations with people that may be competitors to what we do that we're actually setting up a collaboration because it's a lot more open, a lot more transparent. And I think there's a place for that in every part of the world and embracing it is a, is a good idea. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and again, you know, I, I look at you know, some of the most successful networks is, is probably an example of, of that where you know, you've got a lot of independent businesses that operate in there that when the networks do it really well, um, I think you've got that. So you've got that kind of collaboration, that sort of family feel. And, and I've, you know, I've seen that some do it far better than others, by the way. Where you know you bring in together individuals, and it's not about competition and compete. You actually are probably sharing, you know, sharing a lot of your homework with these with these other other businesses and learning from each other. And I think that does again happen in pockets, you know, really well. I think you've a scary time to start on your own with with you know no collaboration and no friends out there, without a doubt. So I think any any vehicle that's that's there to be able to bring people together and, and offer guidance and support. And I think you know maybe it's just you know the humanity side of things from the pandemic that, that's come out of it a bit that. You know, I think people are helping and supporting each other a little bit more. That's that's been actually really quite nice to see over the last twelve months. So, you know, yeah, there's there's various different forums to do that, and I think that's it's a good point. Um, maybe I've maybe I've just always been quite collaborative, so I naturally sort of gravitate to, to water. But I think there's always been lots of opportunities to do it, and I think there's, you know, I think it's that's one of the things I really value about the industry that we work in. It's it's about you know, the individuals and the people that you know and you, that you meet along the way that, that do offer you support. I mean, I've had a tremendous amount of support coming into this business from people that, are, you know, I guess you would call competitors in in some way, shape or form because they're just good people that you've, you've met along the way. And that's the, I think I've said to you before, it's, I sit here right now very proud of working in this, this industry and so proud of the fact that, that my kids are actually starting to work in the insurance industry. My daughter is, is moving into a into a new role in, within insurance, which is fantastic. Has offered lots of different jobs because she's right. My son's looking at, at jobs in insurance as well now. And I think that's that's fantastic. And I, you know, I, I I've been a big advocate of them coming into this this industry because I think you know along the way it is about the the, the people and the collaboration is, is is really really important. I I'm struck by that in this industry. It's a very close knit industry. Most people know most people. Uh, and there's, there are um, relationships and communities and support. Um, and I've been, you know, really um, lucky in the in the fabulous people I've met and the conversations I've had. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, I, I think the flip is the flip side is true too. There are there are some political lines that if you don't know, you can walk into accidentally. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's true of just human nature, isn't it? It is. No, I think it also teaches you. A, a, Again, along the way, that um, you know, just just be careful who you fall out with, and, and think about you know, think about that. Think about you know, I say twenty five years into this industry now, you think you know, generally speaking, most people like, along the way are considered to either be you know, be friends or people I'd, I'd love to have a beer with or, or a chat with or you know, reach out to, to support in some way or, or get it back in, in, in space. And I think that's that's a great part of, of of this industry. And I think you know, along the way, just you know. You look after people along the way and I think I think you get it back. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment, which is all about um, perception uh, and and how perception versus expectation can be a cause of fallouts, unhappiness, etc. And um, and I think it's quite interesting when you when you know when you get into like sociology and human psychology and, and how we work. So I'm um, yeah, I'm really, really grateful to hear your thoughts and and 
always love chatting to you. Um, and I wish you all the well in your fabulous uh, new career at Kingsbridge. Thanks very much, Sarah. It's great to talk to you as always. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullus Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.